Welcome everyone to the latest recording of Uprising, the podcast. I am delighted to say we've got a fantastic guest for us on this episode. It is Jenna Flateman-Posler, the Chief Digital Officer of Snipes USA. Um, but even more special, I'm joined here by Jenna in a very special recording booth uh, just off Times Square in Manhattan. And that's because Jay Johnston, our CEO, and Helen Slaven, our CRO, who's also here with me, um, are, we're over here visiting NRF's Retail Big Show uh, that looks like it's back bigger than ever this year. So just before we hit the expo floor over the next couple of days, um, we've managed to get our wonderful customer, Jenna, to come in and talk to us about the subject of the Sniped USA app and uh, the app purpose that it provides. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to ask Jenna to introduce herself. So thank you very much for joining us, Jenna. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so I'm Jenna Flatman-Posner, CDO of Snipes. Snipes is a global sneaker and streetwear retailer. We've been with Pac now for how many years? Two? Mm, is it two? Yeah, I mean, it'd be three years since uh, three years? you first came on board, but two and a half years probably with the app. So. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't keep track of time anymore with, yeah. with COVID. But um, yeah, a little bit about my history. Um, so I actually started my career in the retail tech space. Mm. So I was selling technology, I was facilitating partnerships and integrations, and I uh, had a really unique opportunity to come over and see how the other half lives on the retail side. Uh, that happened a little over four years ago, and um, and it's been great. I've been able to buy some great technology and mm. drive wear a lot of change. Wear some great shoes. That's right, wear a lot of great <laughs> shoes, that's true. Yeah, Snipes is definitely uh, doubled down on the sneaker and streetwear industry. So um, we're akin to a finish line or a footlocker we sell Hype Jordans and Nikes and Adi and Puma and um, yeah, we're established in the U.S. market in early 2019, and it's just been off to the races. It's been wild. Yeah, you you guys have kept yourself pretty busy right over the last couple of years, especially with some major acquisition and uh, yeah. consolidating tech stacks and doing all of that uh, yep. fun stuff as well. <laughs> all so. of that stuff. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, we came to the U.S. in early 2019 by way of acquisition. Mm. So we acquired a regional loca- uh, a regional chain called uh, Kicks USA, 64 location chain based out of Philly. We have gone through three acquisitions oh. since then. Um, and so it's a strategy, right? To, mm. to buy these local regional chains and rebrand them. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's it's been really good for us. So in the in the course of just a few years, we've we've eclipsed 300 stores and wow. 10x our revenue since since I began on on digital. And it's we're 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 onto something here for sure. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it's really interesting market, right? Because as you say, you're you're selling brands um, that other retailers are selling. But you know what makes Snipes different? Then why would they come to you? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, if you would have asked our CEO pre-pandemic <laughs> what kind of business we were, <laughs> he would say we are a marketing and entertainment company that happens to sell shoes. Wow. And so pre-pandemic, we did about 288 events a year in Europe. Um, and it was leaning into these niche markets, whether it was dance or it was skate or it was BMX or it was hip hop or it was basketball. Um, that was our way of connecting with those niche markets. Um, and so the beauty of coming to the US via acquisition is we were able to take that roadmap and we were able to say, what do we want to take with us here into the US? And through this time, looking at what we really needed to represent ourselves in the US market, we realized that really getting community-driven is where we wanted to head. Mm. Um, and while we still lean into these key marketing pillars of skate and dance and b-ball and hip-hop, um, we also have pivoted and shifted our marketing strategies into leaning into the community and giving back, um, especially through the political lens in the U.S. that we've seen, especially through a pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, the people that frequent our stores live in the communities around our stores. You know, and we are inner city. We are we are on the street. Uh, very few mall locations. You know, we're really down on the ground. And um, that shift for us has been a massive differentiator. The way that we've done it, it's revitalizing basketball courts and implementing community gardens. It's giving away a thousand turkeys on Thanksgiving and stuffing backpacks for back to school wow. and giving haircuts and, and just, you know, yeah. championing local artists. And I, it's just endless. And it's been really positive and different and breeds this beautiful thread of philanthropy throughout the business mm. that we all kind of just thrive on. So it's it's different for sure. I mean, that must 
really deepen that relationship between you and as a brand and your customer. I hope so. That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, hope so. But they say really giving back. Yeah, it's it's not the goal, but it's been the product of the work, mm. which has been nice. Yeah, that's fabulous. And so you say you're in over sort of 300 locations now. They're obviously really well chosen locations. Um, obviously, uh, in terms of with the community, mm-hmm. um, you talk about, um, you know, having that sort of, I guess, feet on the ground, right? Connecting with your consumers. Sure. So how does mobile fit into that specifically app in that sense? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, what I'll start by saying is that we know 80% of our consumers are engaging on mobile. 80% of our revenue is flowing through a mobile device today. And so the opportunity for app that we saw is an ability to get much more localized and connected and creative with the consumer via mobile app, where mm-hmm. mobile web is a little bit more limiting, right? Mobile web is... Um, it is a way that consumers engage with our brand, but it is focusing on the transaction. Mm. Um, app gives us a little bit more wiggle room to really champion the content, to engage with the consumer, mm. to connect back to the physical store that they might be frequent, frequenting or near. Um, and it just seems to be a much more playful and uh, creative environment that mobile web doesn't necessarily supply us with. Mm. Yeah, and I guess, you know, at, at Polk, we're always saying that you know, having that app on your customer's phone is a testament to how much they trust you as well right it's it's taking up that that space yeah um so if they keep coming back and visiting again it's just really building on that trust and i think it's certainly a combination of um i mean it's a display of loyalty Mm -hmm. right for sure Uh, i think for us we have a pretty unique use case that actually keeps it there which is uh fun and tricky simultaneously we actually (laughs) So the the nature of our business is we have um, a percentage of the business that revolves releases. Mm. It revolves around releases. And that is high demand, low volume uh, units of of high demand shoes that have aftermarket value, Mm. meaning consumers can, some consumers buy them to wear them and some consumers buy them to resell them and make a buck. Mm. So uh, the way that we manage who is able to buy those specific products in store is by doing a raffle in store. Mm. And most people think raffle, like, oh, I'm gonna put my my name in the hat and I'm gonna win something. (laughs) All you're winning here is the right to buy the shoe. You're not really winning anything free. Uh, You're just winning the right to buy the shoe. And so for us in in app, it's a fantastic way to keep the app relevant. It's a great data capture strategy for us because we require all sorts of, uh, you know, opt-ins and and data to be submitted in Mm. order to enter. Uh, And it keeps customers coming back to the app, uh, Mm. which has been able to to grow in revenue significantly over the past year. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting actually, isn't it? Because again, that data argument, I think is so, such a strong one for app um, because people are obviously getting a lot more uh, considered about their data and what they give that for. And they really want that exchange. They want to give you data in exchange for something really valuable yep. uh, back to themselves. So it's again, how do you, uh, what are the strategies you can do to to provide that, and it's it's going to be valuable to you as a brand, right? And allow you to adjust uh, what you give back mm-hmm. to your customers as well. Yeah, I think promotions is mm. is one way to do that, mm. but I think relevance is another one. Mm. You know, some people love that TJ Maxx experience where they go into a store and they have to rifle through everything <laughs> to find the thing yeah, that's yeah. meant for them, right? Yeah. But I don't operate that way, and yeah. uh, I think that's a very unique type of consumer. You know, what we're using data for is um, we're leveraging it to make sure that we're presenting the right product to our consumer in context of who they are to our brand and what Mm. they're more likely to be interested in. And so earning the right to that data gives us access to being more specific about our marketing and our recommendations that Mm. ideally will speak to them, save them time and generate more revenue for us. Mm. And as a CDO, what, what sort of KPIs are you keeping your eye on then in terms of, because, oh my God. I mean, it's, yeah, it, like just, it just hours. feels... All of them. <laughs> All of them. Lots Not enough. Of them. Um, um, in apps specifically or across the board? Well, I, mean, I guess I guess sort of across the board digitally, but then, yeah, then how does that sort of lean into, how does the app help you reach those, I guess? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, obvi- the obvious ones are obviously tracking revenue, we're tracking mm. margin, we're tracking AOV, UPT, time between mm. visits, all those things. Um, Do you see significant trends via channel? You know, it's mobile web differ. I will say the, the biggest differentiator between mobile web and app is that the, the time in app compared to the time on site yeah. is 
it's not it's not even comparable. People will play in the app so much more, yeah. engage with the brand so much more. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and as a result, you know, I think actually our conversion rates are a little uh, are a little padded because um, or bloated because. Uh, you know, we have so many folks that just come in to enter these yes, store session. raffles. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, hard exactly. to see if those who are there to shop, how they convert. So I can't really speak to that KPI, but AOV is higher, time spent's higher. All of the all the signs are that consumers that are engaging in the app. I are loved your uh, use of the word playful earlier because yeah. that's how we see it as well. You know, it's you know, it's we try to make it as frictionless as possible yeah. to really take away. And the browser is kind of the opposite of that. You know, you can maybe think of a few metaphors to what interacting with a brand is like through a browser. Yeah. Uh, some of them maybe not fit for podcasting, but, um, <laughs> but you know, it is a case that, uh, you know, you, you can really sort of, the, the sort of limits come off because you're always logged in. Um, you know, you've got push notifications as a way to really instantly connect. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, that sort of, un, you know, liberates people to, to be playful. And I, I love the fact that you, you, that's what's coming, coming good at Snipes. Yeah. And I, and I think that that playful expectation within the app leads itself to another beautiful container for, for content. You know, one thing we're doing, um, we create a lot of really rich, high value content. Yeah. We're working with celebrities and we're working mm. with, Lamborghinis, and we're working you know, all these crazy things to really champion and and, um, and speak to the culture that our products represent. Yeah. But many times, you know that those that high value content is kind of like living and and dying at the pace of a Instagram feed, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, having an app that can really serve that content back to those consumers yeah. and give them a place to play and explore and engage with that content, we can really monetize it more and when you talk to marketing executives right traditional marketing brand marketing executives they have a very hard time driving attribution um and driving an roi off this crazy content they're creating well for us mobile app is a really yes, great place to do that um mm. and it's given a, a life and a and a dollar value to that yeah. content as well fabulous and and what's I guess, how do you feel app plays in the current trends that we're seeing now in terms of, you know, I guess, you know, Web3, NFTs, all of that metaverse, all of those great sort of trends that you know what, you, If you've got a good definition for Web3, then <laughs> I don't let know. me know. Be more specific. <laughs> it's a movable feast. I mean, I think there are some, you know, we've been noodling around it a little bit. Um, it's, I would say it, internally it's kind of lost its steam a little bit. Okay. Um yeah, I would say the farthest we've taken it is maybe leveraging NFTs to serve as a loyalty identifier, a loyalty card, maybe hold some stored value. You know, that can all live with an app, obviously. Um, but this one we're watching a little bit. I, I, I feel like we have a knack for coming out early. Um, and this one, I want to see some people fail before we really figure out what our mm -hmm. approach is going to be. Um, can't I can't quite figure it out yet. I, I can't quite determine if this is something that's going to come and go or if it's mm -hmm. something that's here to stay you know i'm not i could argue it either way right now yeah yeah i mean it really sounds like um you value the like you said, just the ability to deliver this great content to your app users and um sort of just keep them coming back for fresh experiences really and as a brand as you say i thought it was really interesting when you talked about your what your definition of the brand or your CEO's definition of the brand used to be, which yeah. is like an entertainment business. And it was quite interesting because at Shop Talk last year, there was a lot of talk around how retailers were going to have to get into the art of entertaining their consumers, right? Because 100%. they want more than just somewhere to go and transact. So it's interesting that you're, you're, you, you've even evolved that even more now and, and having that sort of community um, outreach to consumers is, is fantastic. So I guess mobile is just, or app is just that way of you keeping that constant communication with them. Yeah, and I think in general, you know, our our consumers are our desired consumers, right? These Gen Z consumers, they are just craving content. They're craving mm. it, right? So it's how do we create these environments where they can consume it, where we can monetize it, where we can build loyalty and brand affinity and, um there's just no more flexible environment than than a mobile app. You know, I think I think the beauty of our relationship too is that, you know, we could have gone to an agency and we could have had them build an app for us, you know, and, and have to maintain it. Um, you know, I think the beauty of the tech backbone that Pac represents and, and provides us is that we get the collective power of the the community, the yeah, Pac community. The right? network. 
Um, so, you know, it's fun always, you know, having having conversations with Helen about product enhancements and ideas and <laughs> concepts and, you know, seeing those things sometimes find their way into a subsequent phase is, is really interesting. But I think the beauty of it is um, we don't have to be 100% of the time the innovators that are driving the mm, next step of the app. And we get to leverage technologists, uh, our peers in the industry to keep keep roadmap moving. What is on your wish list from a content perspective, if I'm allowed to hijack the... Yeah, uh, let's the go. Um, the roadmap I, session right yeah. here. I would, I would say um, we have put so much work into connecting our physical store environment with our digital environment, mm-hmm. um, whether it's BOPIS or it's uh, inventory position exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to take another step this year around actually shopping a physical store Um you know, we are communicating via SMS, but the opportunity to leverage push, I think, is really yeah. underrepresented. Yeah, sure. um, segmentation, automations, geolocation, all of those things. Uh, I think there's a, a, a huge untapped opportunity within the platform right now that we yeah. could get really aggressive yeah. with. Um, I, I That's that's where I see some low-hanging fruit. Good. And I'm super excited to hear you talk about content in that way, too, because I think yeah. that is very much aligned with what we're aiming to do. We have a kind of dynamic content program that we're mapping out and nice. you know, very much looking to give you guys even better tools to manage and deliver content in real time. So so I think we're on the same page with that and uh, it's quite exciting to, to think we could you know, really get some interesting use cases with you guys. Yeah, I'm interested as well. We just launched Shop for Look mm-hmm. um, on web. Yeah. And uh, the idea of actually monetizing those unique pieces of content I yeah, think yeah. is really fascinating too. So. Um, be interesting mm-hmm. to see what what that looks like as well with, within the pod community. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, you t- did talk about seeing other people fail, and, uh, yeah. and you know, that, <laughs> spot, spot the software it's person. Better. That's the software, <laughs> but that's a, that's a, definitely a software perspective. One I'm very sort of uh, kind of you know behoven to as well. But I think also um, you can see people succeed as well. So with NFTs, we've got a you know a customer here in the U.S. who's, who's launched a bit of a secret sort of uh, promotion with you know minting NFTs, and I think you know we would love to sort of put you guys together and see see how um, you know what the what learnings you could take from that, and whether there's a, you know either a good sort of technology relationship with mm. um, Bamboo Meta who we use for that, or you know or some some learnings you could take out of that. And I think that all speaks to just the value of being on a platform, you know, where there's multiple people kind of contributing and, and evolving the piece, you know, no one person can actually kind of foresee the future, especially not in these kind of times. And so, you know, I think we're, we're kind of well set up with such a great bunch of clients to really kind of have those controlled experiments and then really share the share the knowledge. So, yeah, yeah. That, that should be an exciting conversation to, to arrange. Yeah, I'd love to. So I've got a question for Jenna. It's one about live shopping. We talk about entertainment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. And you and I have chatted about live shopping. And it's yeah. something that a number of retailers have been looking at and have done. Is it important for Snipes? And, you know, where, where would you like to take it? So, it's on the roadmap yeah. for this year. I, to be very honest, there are things that are prioritized over it. But yeah. if we can get to it, I'd like to. Um, you know, again, this kind of goes back to a similar theme that I'm actually hearing come out of my mouth right now, <laughs> which is finding ways to really monetize those marketing Sorry. relationships, yeah. right? And, you know, we work with, you know, DJ Khaled's our chief creative officer. Um, he's on staff, uh, you know, yeah. so being able to take someone, a, a celebrity like that and an mm-hmm. entity like that and and put him in a position to communicate directly with our consumers while awesome. terrifying, it's also very exciting <laughs> to see what will happen. But, you know, I think with... With all of our sponsorships, you know, we we sponsor the Nets. We've we've sponsored um, uh, the WNBA. You know, first retail sponsor of the WNBA, which is awesome. So, yeah. how cool would it be to actually create a live selling environment where we yeah. can continue our rich history of collabs, but yeah. allow artists or athletes to tell their stories alongside the product? Um, we've actually thought about this alongside a, a print on demand partner um, that's going to allow us to do things like limited time selling, where we don't have to actually worry about quantity it's more about time yeah. wow. um, and so we can serve the demand wherever it meets us and uh, that feels like a very interesting configuration of of tech and marketing that could yeah. be uh, an unlock for us yeah yeah it's definitely something we should chat on then <laughs> yeah let's do it sounds great would love it to be in the app so what are your priorities because i know that you've got a, you know so much you've been doing over the last year and it's not just app it's not just web uh, yeah. you know, you've had the store environment you've had the whole of the back end so you know ha- has that journey finished and or is there still more to do in terms of you know the actual basic coming together with the platform and then on top oh, of that yeah. you know what, what else are you thinking about for 2023 yeah there's there's <laughs> there's so much to do um 
What I will say over the past couple of years, we've really focused on the front end customer experience, right? How do we create an environment for consumers to engage with us, understand who we are, right? We're new to the majority of our customers because we just came to the US. So how do we engage these consumers? How do we convert these consumers, right? How do we how do we drive revenue? It was all very very selfish position for us to be in, but um, it's kind of how we had to begin. And I think now we're at the point where we need to relook at our architecture and our infrastructure and really take care of the customer. So this there's a whole back half of the relationship, which is post-purchase, yeah. which is, you know, how, how are we taking care of those customers from a return perspective, from a communication perspective, from an automation perspective, from an exchange perspective? There's mm-hmm. just so much to do on the back half of the relationship that we're really leaning into that. Um, similarly, you know, our customers' expectations are continuing to evolve and change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not getting any easier for us to service them, right? They want what they want, when they want it, where they want it, mm-hmm. um, and they want it now, yeah. right? They wanted it <laughs> yesterday. So um, dealing with, um, you know, the intersection of the growth of the company and the demand we put yeah. on the company from a fulfillment perspective and their expectations, we need to double down on that. And so we're looking at things like same-day delivery providers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not a coincidence that the coincidence that Salesforce's uh, announcement around Walmart and same-day delivery, yeah, go local, um, came out. Uh, you know, we're we're right in the mix with that mm-hmm. uh, with that entire storyline, cool. which is very cool. Um, so being able to do that, I think, is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And just taking a look at that, you know, cart cart to product delivery, like ca- yeah. how can we make that cleaner? So probably doesn't get you guys super excited but it gets me excited (laughs) i think as as people who purchase things it's really exciting because you're absolutely right it's it's quite often it's that post-purchase experience which is often the painful one everyone gets really excited about the purchase and that experience but it's what happens after the yeah i'm looking forward to my first drone delivery the day that happens I, I don't think it's too far Sky off to be honest no yeah. exactly um, but how, I mean how as a how as a CDO do you even start to get your head around that do you do you look at the experiences the customer experiences first and then start to think about the technology you need to put in place for that well the, the beauty of, of retail is that the entire process is daisy chained together mm. right and so as long as you're looking at all the parts you can see where mm. they're struggling, bending, breaking, right? Mm. Um, and an ideal scenario is that you're ahead of the break, right? You mm. can see what's coming and you can mitigate it before it becomes a real challenge. Now, I would say COVID, the, the pandemic has really stressed us all. Um, mm. we have, we've been able to, with this volume and velocity, with this you know, lack of product, you know, excess product, you know, all these scenarios we've been in, we've really been able to push the boundaries on all of our processes and our technologies. Mm. And it's exposed our warts, right? It really has. Um, and And Personally, I'm very grateful to know. So now we can really look at it and reevaluate it and fix things so that when it when the scale becomes real, right? Yeah. COVID mm-hmm. was kind of like a thing. It happened. It's chilling out. We're normalizing. But now we know. We use that time to really learn mm-hmm. about the business and where we're vulnerable. And, and now we're prioritizing where the business needs the most help. From a, from a data perspective, do yeah. you have that visibility? You know, Can you get a sort of joined up view to see where the... You know, where the friction is or where the sort of where it could be optimized or are you having to cobble together those perspectives from a bunch of different systems well it it kind of depends we can we can pick a certain part of the business but um it always rears its head whether mm-hmm. it's in customer service whether it's in our fulfillment rate whether it's in um comments and instagram you can always see where the challenges are right um <laughs> and again ideally you, you want to get ahead of those those challenges but you've just got to You've got to be listening to all those different parts of the business. And I, and I think what's tough, too, is, you know, retail's together, but it's also very separate, right? Yeah. Uh, these are very, very specialized disciplines, whether it's it's merchandising, it's buying, it's allocating, yeah. it's it's IT, it's digital, it's uh, outbound communications, it's store operations. I mean, these are all unbelievably specialized disciplines. Yeah. So finding it's, – it's very easy to get siloed. It's very easy to yeah. know your lane and stay in your lane, but – you really figure it out when there's this cross-departmental collaboration that allows you to see the transition from each discipline to the next. And I think we've done a really good job of that internally, and it's allowed us to get some insight into how how the business is functioning as a whole. Have you seen much about Genie on Salesforce? Yes, I have. Yeah, so I think that could be a really useful 
uh, you know, means of getting that view without having to, you know, actively sort of yeah. create your listening channels. Yeah, you know? from, from a data governance perspective, you know, we've, we've been a big, I mean, we're drunk on Salesforce Kool-Aid, right? Yeah. I mean, we are just, we love it. It's great. It's an unbelievable <laughs> platform. Absolutely a huge key part of our success and growth. Yeah. Um, we've really positioned Service Cloud to start at the center of the universe, right, for us. So um, we're marrying all of our first-party customer data into that platform for now. Yeah. Uh, we're bringing in all of our um, any store-level data that's associated with an email address or mobile number. We're, we're bringing into Service Cloud mm -hmm. as well, marrying that together, pumping it out to outbound communication channels to be more informed, more educated, more timely, more contextualized. Um, so that's been really helpful for us. Um, that's always going to be clean, need to be cleaner. It's yeah. always going to be. So we're looking this year at what's next? Is it CDP, right? Like, is, do we need better understanding, more propensity modeling, you know, predictive segmentation? Like, you know, we've got most of our data in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're going to figure out how to activate it more effectively and more, more uh, autonomously. And I mean, I guess on a, on a tangent to that, and you and I have had a long chat about this in the past, but uh -oh. you moved from retail tech <laughs> yeah. into actually becoming a retailer. Yeah. Um, what were the lessons that you learned and what surprised you about, you know, being on the retail side, uh, and, you know, and, and what helped you, you know, coming from the retail tech background? Oh, my gosh. So, you know, it's funny when you're on the retail tech side, you guys know this very well. You've got those clients that are, I'm going to try to not put myself in one of these buckets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you're, you're selling a product, right? Um, mm -hmm. And you've got to implement that product and you've got to recognize that revenue. Um, and there's this balance between partnership and sales. And you can always sell a product. Um, but I, I've personally felt when I was on the retail tech side that that relationship, that that yeah. reciprocity, right? That re reciprocal opportunity of selling technology to a retailer and the retailer really, really owning the implementation and championing the work um, was something that just didn't happen enough. Mm -hmm. You know, so many retail executives sign the contract, hand it over to their team, and walk away to the next contract. See it as a utility, hundred mm -hmm. percent, and or, or or are checking a box for the board, right? Yeah. It's. Um, you know, and I, I wanted to come into this retail opportunity and and do it differently. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to figure out a way to, you know, instill this concept of, you know, trust and vision and reciprocity and get a partner to meet me in the middle and figure out how this can work. And if you really break yeah. it down, you really think about it. If if we have trust with one another yeah. and reciprocity with one another, we're going to go to market together. Yeah. And you guys are going to you guys are going to sell more deals and I'm going to bring Snipes to market and, and get some great exposure for the brand. If we have vision and reciprocity, we're, we're going to build technology together, right? If we have the right vision and we tell you what we need and we speak on behalf of our additional retailers, you're going to build to my roadmap and I'm going to get product I need and you guys are going to be able to take it to market. You know, and if we have trust and vision together, we're going to, we're going to foster a really long-term valuable partnership. And I think all of that together is what really drives results. If you're missing any of that, yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah, transactional. It's going to be okay, but it's not going to be great. Yeah. There's there's this real opportunity. I think retail execs need to think about that more um, and put more onus on them for really building and fostering and supporting those partnerships. That's why I'm sitting in here talking on this podcast with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and are you, are you now a retailer? I'm a retailer. I, I, I really, I, yeah. I mean, look, the benefit of being a technologist is I get to bring that technologist yeah. brain to everything I do within retail, which is a, such a, a blessing, right? Such a, uh, a gift for me. Um, but retail is so much fun. I mean, it's it's different every day. Uh, you get to have your hands in lots of things. You know, I I thought when I took this role. I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to be out of sales. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And then you realize, like, two weeks in, oh, God, now I'm selling 25 other people's technologies <laughs> to, like, 18 different people. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, but, uh, yeah, so luckily I've got that sales background, too, so that kind of helps yeah. me push things forward uh, in the business. But, yeah, I think I'm a retailer, but who knows where I'll end up. That's good. No, I think you're definitely a retailer. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> most IT people need to think a little bit more like retailers and, and vice what versa. you said and vice versa. Yeah, so. I love the like, reciprocity piece. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. If we win, you win. That's how it's got to. I think that's. I think it's one of the things that we have. or I have as an objective this year now is about building the pot club, so yeah. you can be the first honorary member of the pot club, Jenna. Oh, I love it. Is, this, is the induction happening right now? I get, I get your WhatsApp messages. Not jumpy straight on it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, it it sounds like you've got a really good view of your objectives digitally for the next year but what where do you see the future of your app going where, where do you see that sort of direction going you know that's a good question i'm not i'm not sure i know yet you know the goal mm-hmm. for us was get get it get it live right mm-hmm. let's get it live we've got this you know beautiful carrot with the store raffles to get customers in there then it was okay cool we've got all these users how do we monetize them and we're cranking um you know 400 growth year over year i mean what um, so that's been beautiful and working really well. And, you know, it's the exciting part about having strategic partners like, like you guys yeah. is that we get to kind of, we get to build that vision together. Mm. Um, you know, again, I do, I do think that location is a key one here. I think that we have a really interesting opportunity around hyper-local mm-hmm. communication. Mm-hmm. Um, SMS is hard to do that. SMS is magical, first off. <clears throat> SMS is fantastic. Yep. ROI in that channel is through the roof. But I think Push has such an interesting opportunity. A, it's exponentially cheaper b yep. um you know it's you can really get m- more accurate right with with how you're communicating with those customers mm-hmm. more targeted yeah well and and today we kind of lean on an area code for yeah. location it's not you know it's mm-hmm. it's not that sophisticated from a location perspective so proximity to store market events i mean there's just so much more that we could be doing an app, and I think that could be a really it good ties next into phase. your store philosophy and also the returns yeah. process and various other things. So. It feels Absolutely. like yeah. just making that communication a bit more relevant by picking the right time to to make it. Yeah, it? absolutely. And I think for us specifically, we have so many users in the app that haven't transacted, yeah, right, that haven't identified themselves, who we don't know yet, we don't know their preferences, but we do know where they are. Mm-hmm. So how do we leverage knowing physically where they are in the app? to make them feel known, right? And we know that if they feel known, they're more likely to convert. Yeah. So yeah, we wanna we want to light that up for sure in app. Mm. So I've got a question for you about NRF. No, <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking forward to? This is you know, the first proper Great event question. for the last three years. You know, I think last year there was the Omicron side, which made it a much smaller event. So what are you excited to see? All oh, my, my buddies. <laughs> Everybody's here. It's, the people. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a theme yeah. for this year, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Reuniting. Yeah, everything. I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, this one's different for me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm an established retailer now. I haven't yes. been here for two years. This is a different scene. Yeah. You know, historically, this was me like, you know, combing the floors, just shamelessly trying to talk to anybody that would listen. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a little different now. You know, my dance card is busting. Yeah. It is full. Um you know, I I, I've got some meetings with some some great new technologies. That's I've got good. some meetings with some existing vendors. I've got some great events and opportunities, yeah. and um, and and hope, hopefully, you know, going to run into a ton of people I haven't yeah. seen in a while. I can't wait to get some hugs. Mm. Hopefully, yeah, some it's dancing. Amazing. It's gonna. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I stopped drinking since I've uh, since I went to NRF. So. Uh, the last time, so I don't, I don't know about the dancing, but we'll see. <laughs> so you're right; the excitement is palpable. I mean, I think it people is. are just so pleased to be together, and the networking, yeah. I think, is going to be off the scale over the next couple of days. But how yeah. much work is done, I don't know uh, at the end of it. But there'll be a lot of networking, a lot of connections, I think. So yeah, yeah I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm also on the hunt for some talent, so I'm trying yes. to. Yes, yeah. So some, we I heard some you're layoffs have been going on, so <laughs> I'm hoping they're here. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see about that too. Yeah, I think it's uh, going to be a show of opportunities. And I think um, we, we're definitely uh, interested in seeing what new technology is out there as well from partnership perspectives. So uh, obviously, if you come across any, let us know in the spirit of our partnership. That would be great. Uh, I will say something that we've been playing with recently, kind of in the you know chat GPT vein. We're big um, fans. Yeah, huge. Um, <laughs> so is Jay. So I'm actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually dabbling in, in writing a book right now, in fact, on, okay. on partnership. And I thought it's not this, called reciprocity, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you no. have that one for free. Okay, though. thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's it's not. But um, so what I actually did is I surveyed ChatGPT for what partnership and retail means. Yeah. And I, I let it write my forward, right? Yeah. And what it's essentially doing is it's surveying the world's perspective on the value of partnership. And um, and what it really did for me is validate 
the, the pieces were missing, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, that was pretty fun. But no, in, in context of retail, I mean, how content's created, um, yeah. the ability to augment our team yeah. and move faster from a product enablement perspective. Um, you know, our, our PIM is implementing uh, an AI copywriting tool in there to be able to work product yeah. and have it write SEO optimized content for us. Mm. And I think that's going to be the, the real way. It's going to be wild. You know, mm. I think crypto is, you know, certainly an yeah. interesting development, but you know, Web two is about content and, and democratization of content from, sure. from Web one. And I think this is about you know, a different manifestation of content, you know, generative content yep. and what, yeah, how you can actually apply these and, you know, really those sort of advances the last 10 years to large, like super large data sets and, you yeah. know, the insights. Uh, I've similarly had ChatGPT open. Have you seen Barely? That's an app that, you know, basically talks to ChatGPT. So it's even more accessible. Fun. But, uh, you know, I just find myself like throwing it the odd prompt at any point in the day just to sort of get just to like, honestly you know. it's been it's been brilliant but also hilarious over the <laughs> yeah. over the holiday season with jay you've really got into chat bt now haven't you well you know i think i just think it is a, it's going to be a tipping point and i think it, you know the sign is it's, i mean it's not even news anymore i think you know in the sense that everybody has realized just how transformative it's going to be it's amazing i mean we're sitting, going to be bored of it soon i think s- sitting, <laughs> like sitting, about it. sitting around the brunch table uh you know, playing with it as a, you know, as, as friends. I had a friend that wrote, um, rewrite Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven from the perspective of a T-Rex. Wow. That's awesome. Very good. Brilliant. It was so good. Uh, I've got a friend who's a singer and he, we've been doing sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, endlessly, and have you tried the image stuff as well? Yes. Is really a lot helpful. of DJ Khaled's on horses, on beaches. Yeah. And <laughs> all, all, all my Christmas cards, all my Christmas cards personalized, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, we've People got thought Khaled. I put a lot more work into it than I actually did. We've got Khaled in a Christmas hat. And, you know, we've, yes, we've been having lots of fun in, with in it. In stained glass. That was my favorite one. Oh, that's I was good. Like, oh, can you do that in the style of stained glass? Yes, I can. Kind of. It's getting better too. Yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. getting better and better. I mean, this is probably four months ago we started playing around, and uh, it's it's crazy how it's it's learning and changing. And yeah, GPT four is going to be a huge advance. Massive. And then yeah, there's another company coming to the four, uh, Cohere out of Toronto, are mm. uh, really a- ramping up, and apparently they're going to have the biggest uh, language, large language model. So the arms race is on. But yeah. you know, we get to sit there and uh, sit by the you know on the sidelines and watch this incredible. It's yeah, yeah I'm excited. But from a from a day to day perspective, at a staff org perspective, you know, I am. I, I mean, speed to market is. I mean, that's mm. such a priority um, for us. And so, not having copywriting be the bottleneck, yeah. you know, being ahead of of imagery, being ahead of even receipt of product. I mean, it's yeah. it's going to get weird. Mm. Disruptive. Yeah, for the sure. Very, the very yeah. definition. Yeah. So I'm. There are all these whispers of Google, like. Writing AI to detect AI and discounting SEO value. Any, you think that any of this is true? Mm. I could, I could I mean, understand I why they yeah. <laughs> understand why they would want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, keep stay in control. I mean, they want to yeah, be in control, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think there's, been a, there's a chat GBT <laughs> search engine already, isn't there? Sorry? Called you. There's a chat GBT search engine now. Called you, which they brought out, which I think looks well, like it could I mean, replace the Google search bar. The reason this has so, been so big is because yeah. it's API based, so it really yeah. is democratization, right? And they've given it away for free. So people are, you know, it's the ultimate platform in the sense that yeah. people are now writing their own sort of tooling and front mm-hmm. ends and, and ex- user experiences on top of those APIs. And yeah. so it's, that's just acceler- going to accelerate everything, uh, yeah. you know, and I think that's why we're, we're going to just be, continue to be blown away by the applications because people are going to be doing things with it that, that the creators didn't kind even of conceive of. So, yeah, but I think, you know, with all, all great power comes also some great, you know, responsibilities. I think yeah. the universities are going to be hard pressed. Hundred you know, percent. All of a sudden, they're going to find they've got essays that uh, <laughs> you know are very comprehensive. Mm, but, uh, yeah. Who wrote them? Well, yeah. yeah, my wife and I have been talking about it. She's an educator, and um, you know, just the shift towards oral, right? The shift towards having to actually communicate your perspective yeah, yeah. on something. Yeah. Yes. Just they're they're going to have to really lean into that because this is just. There's just going to be absolutely no way to control this. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're going to need AI to spot the AI. A hundred percent. Although I don't know how. You're gonna, well, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just the same method. Yep. You know, yeah. you train it on AI content, and yep. then it gets good at spotting AI content. Yeah, for sure. At some point, inception happens. You know. <laughs> but 
Most importantly, when can we read The Raven yeah. from the point of view of a Tyrannus Rex? Go type it in. It's so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's shocking how good it is. Yeah, it's amazing. Very good. Well, and what about, speaking of reading, what about your forthcoming opus? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I'm still playing around. Um, I've written a couple chapters and yeah. I've got an outline and I've got uh, a couple great um kind of book coaches that uh-huh. are kind of helping me, but cool. I'm not in any rush. No. Yeah, I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> it's all right. It's kind of my, like, 23 goal. So nice. we'll see. Try not to – trying to just, like, write a little bit every day. It's kind of just chip away at it. But, You're making yeah. me feel like I need some more ambitious 23 goals. <laughs> I think you have plenty. <laughs> Getting to the end of it is a, <laughs> Survive. The, the extent of it right now. But, yeah. no, like that's really cool. But it's yeah. quite interesting as well because, obviously, this is something you're living – through anyway in your day-to-day life in your role you're working in partnerships so you're probably discovering something every day that can yeah. go into your content so well, and coming with this retail tech hypothesis right if i do this will this actually unlock it will it work and then being able to test it yeah. and i mean let's be honest not every not every vendor that i work with do i have a fantastic relationship with and so it also gives me a really cool opportunity to evaluate what's gone wrong yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of one right now that I'm actively working and prioritizing to rehab. Mm-hmm. It's one that I wasn't involved in. I kind of just let the team run with it. I just like let it, you know, let it let it happen. And um, and it needs support. It needs help. And so we're we're all committed to turning it around. And we'll see. We'll see if it, yeah. if if we can do it. I think it's another great thing to study and and look at. And um, chapter nine. Yeah, chapter nine. <laughs> We have, for sure. Um, but it is it is really fun, and uh, for a very long time, and even still today, I will go through experiences, or I'll make decisions, or I'll evaluate an experience, yeah. and I'll put my vendor hat on, and I'll look at it from that angle, and I'll say, "Wow, like that I wouldn't do it this way again, right?" Or I'll put on my retail hat, and I'll say you know, wow, I wouldn't do it this way again, or, or wow, that really worked, right? How do I take this back to the vendor side if I if I end up there at some point? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really tried to slow down and do the additional work because it takes twice the amount of like time and thought and mm-hmm. and, and reflection. <clears throat> and um, and I, I get a little lazy now, but uh, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't do it every in, in every scenario, but um, it's been interesting to be able to do that. But I find it quite refreshing because there's yeah. a certain honesty and immediacy because you, you get both the worlds. So mm-hmm. it makes it so much. And as long as you're transparent, then it makes for a really great foundation. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's uh, you have a unique perspective on things. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's definitely cool. <laughs> yeah. It helps. It helps. And it hurts sometimes because I know how it all works. You do sometimes think yeah. ignorance would be a little bit more blissful. Yeah, for sure. And you forget sometimes, too, that not everyone has the perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's... You know, sometimes things don't um, add up or sometimes uh, people aren't understanding where you're coming from and yeah. or can misconstrue, you know, where, where you're headed. And um, you forget sometimes that you got to slow down and explain. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm sure it's something that your team is probably very appreciative um, of having that sort of two sides of the thinking as well that they can benefit from. Um, well, well, the trick there is I, I don't think... At this point, I have anyone that I have hired on my team, short of customer service, because their retail experience is wildly beneficial. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I tend to hire technologists now. Right. Yeah, I've been hiring retailers less and less. Um, having the confidence as a as yeah. a technologist to, that I was able to learn retail, and I, as long as I'm hiring smart people, I know they'll be able yeah. to learn retail. Mm-hmm. And so having those those tech minds, like you know, that yeah. fearlessness, yeah. the willingness to take risks and fail like it, you don't get that in traditional retail yeah, yeah. that's definitely a software thing so i think about product sure. management as yeah. probably like the probably the most interesting discipline to have emerged in the last you know sort of 15 years in software where you actually are actively sort of iterating on cycles where you are open to being wrong and you are open to you know the good the bad and the, and the really really bad feedback <laughs> yeah. um you know failing fast i mean people take to take issue with that term but i think that mindset is um yeah. You know, is a really healthy one. Yep. And you know, you, as product management, being a product company, you know, I think about this a lot. It's like you really are having to synthesize, you know, what your customers are saying, what the data is telling you, what your gut instinct is telling you, what you see in the market, mm-hmm. and that's that's a craft. And, 100%. and and I think you know, in, software has always been really quite hard. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it's 
I think less so now. Like, you know, we've figured out that we don't want to go dark and specify things for, for 18 months before we build them, right? We actually mm -hmm. want short cycles. And I, but So I think there's a lot of learning that comes through that, to your point about technologists. Like, they've had to learn that kind of the hard way, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it is a really useful discipline, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of, apply more broadly you miss the luck component too luck, <laughs> never, never. that's, a, that's yeah. a beautiful one isn't you're right it? Yeah. serendipity it is a it's, it's very true um, but i think also going back to your comment around traditional retail i mean retail has changed so much anyway it's been crazy you know the, that to have to evolve at that rate and and adapt it makes complete sense to you know go go looking on that technology side especially as we blur the lines between yeah the two yeah. physical retail yeah. and and e-commerce mm, yeah you know there's just more a, a more of a need for an understanding of the digital practice within the physical yeah. store mm. and so um it's just undeniable now that it adds value and it drives yeah. value and um and so that's been i think that's breaking it's breaking down a lot of walls and barriers that mm. i think historically existed and for those retailers that aren't burning those walls to the ground, I'm, I'm sure they're really struggling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we luckily don't have that issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're still seeing some casualties, right? As we, for sure. As we go through. So. It's also really hard. Mm. P.S. Really hard. These systems, yeah. like, are, some of them are just Cal legacy. Calcified. Yeah, and they're just yeah. like black boxes that like were not designed to get data out, right? And so you're saying, give me the data. Oh, and by the way, I need you to respond to like this. I'm going to tell you to go do something. And the, the, the systems just, they're not designed to do that. And so, yeah. you know, replatforms are hard and they're risky and mm -hmm. people have to be willing to do that work. Yeah, the benefits case not always clear. But it yeah. a lot of people to invest. Yep, for sure. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to move the needle. It's hard to push things through, but... Um, We've done a lot in the past three years. I was going to say, and you, you're coming from that, from your ac acquisition strategy, which means that's been a crazy. lot. <laughs> that's been wild. Um, you know, when we acquired Jimmy Jazz, I won't go into like the the, de the really dirty details, but <laughs> I will say that they were they were bigger than us. They had more stores, more more revenue, more visitors, more, more traffic, systems. more everything, and. We had to ingest that business, digest that business, and not leave any opportunity on the table. Like we had to to do that, and we're from a digital perspective, we're still in the process. But it was really interesting, you know, when we acquired Jimmy Jazz, um, JimmyJazz.com, like a total banner, from a digital perspective, was roughly sixty five percent of our combined digital revenue. Um, wow. Now today, it's still it's still live. It's going away in March, but it's still live. But today, Snipes is 67% wow. of the total. So we've been actively working to migrate that equity, authority, and value from JimmyJazz.com yeah. to Snipes. It's been a combination of tech and marketing and merchandising and redirects and uh, replatforms and migrations. And it's it's been wild. And nobody in our organization had ever bought a company that was bigger than them yeah and shut it down and maintained its value. And so we came up with, you know, we placed our bets and we, we used our brains and we made some assumptions and put it, a plan in place and it's, I mean, I'm shocked but not shocked that it's total, it's working, it's crazy. It's, it's wild, it's been awesome. <laughs> so what's next? <laughs> oh God, I don't know, we gotta get through this one first. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I wouldn't sit here and say, we're not gonna acquire any more businesses. I can't imagine it wouldn't be a part of our long-term strategy. Yeah. Um, nothing's on the radar right this moment, but um, you know, I, I, I do think as a business, we'll likely head west at some point. Yeah. You know, we kind of cut, cut off uh, in Texas. That's as far west as we go. Okay. Um, we kind of shoehorn from the Midwest over to New England. Mm. Uh, we're in New York, obviously, with uh, a number of locations. Um, and then we go down to, all the way down to Florida and then yeah. over to Texas, so. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. 300 will expand. It can expand quite rapidly. And yeah. that was, I was hoping you were gonna say, expand eastwards to the UK, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, that's not our purview. You know, Europe, yeah. Europe's run independently, but um, yeah. can't imagine that's not on the radar. Yeah, no, it's I think a, we're it's in 13 countries. Brand. 13 yeah. countries in Europe? Yeah, I not think. the UK though. Yeah, yeah, sound a little resentful. Yeah. <laughs> there, are other, there are other countries in Europe, of course, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. definitely lots of opportunities still right. out there. Though that's absolutely that's the big yeah. thing, isn't it? Yep, for sure. 
So, wow. So we've been talking for a while now, I think. It's about time we let you go to go and reunite with some of those friends. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, but I do have one last question for you. We're no. asking everyone at the end of the podcast, if you could recommend an app to our listeners that is something you use on a regular basis, you know, that you couldn't live without. I'll give you um, a clue. Jay's was musical-based and Helen's was tennis-based. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let me just see here. Can I pull up my... Of course my, you can. My yeah. usage? Where's my usage? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. uh, so, so where is that? Well, unfortunately, my usage is always quite dull. It's usually email and oh, Slack. Mine, mine probably will be, too. <laughs> or Instagram. <laughs> a bit of Instagram. Where do I find it? I'm actually very interested. Why don't we all pull up on our phones right now and see what apps we use the most? It's true. I, I, I tend to look at the um, report, I think. But my one. Yes. Wait, where is it? iPhone? Nope, that's storage. I suppose I should ask, do you use apps? What's up? Do you use apps? Is that something yeah, you do? Of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have found this other app actually. I well, we're waiting for that. We're All about um time, you can scan a plant and it tells you what it is. Oh yes. That's, I love that. That's quite a popular one. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, if you're um, an amateur gardener. <laughs> That's oh, I it. It's, it's, it I do think it should one. be called something like yeah, weed or plant. It's called picture this, which yeah. is like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really that's Screen all time. people are looking for. Is this a weed? Should I pull it out <laughs> or do I leave it? What's the scores on the doors? Does it tell you what happens? All I know is I'm up 23% from last week. Ah, Five week. hour daily average. Yeah, I mean that that's is gross. And that's actually, scary. that's everything. There is that's, that's if you're if you're on email and <laughs> yes. LinkedIn and yeah, it's your, your working day. So they've actually just uh, released some figures. I can't remember. Th- I won't quote them because it will be inaccurate for me to do so. But we'll be publishing them very soon. But yeah, the the usage time on mobile has gone up again this year mm. globally. Yeah. So and that just shows it, doesn't it? More time on yeah. your app than you will do watching TV or doing anything else. So, That's uh, right, exactly. Five from, hours is just I that. would say from a consistency Almost perspective. Almost as much as sleeping. So I'm, a, I'm a, like a bit of a gamer. I like games. Oh, cool. Um, you're going to be like, you're ridiculous. You just called yourself a gamer and you're going to talk about this app. I'm on the New York Times app all the time. <laughs> doing Wordle. I'm doing the B. I'm doing the B. I'm doing the crossword mini. I'm doing the crossword and obviously reading. Um, but I every day. I mean, I'm I'm in the New York Times app most mornings. Word, that Word is, is a good one. We Word had a one. Slack yeah. group on Wordle, didn't we? We had we did. The Guardian, yeah. got far too competitive. Yeah, that's my New York Times, the Guardian. Nice. Yeah, 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 it's equivalent. But New York Times acquired Wordle, didn't it? I think yep, last I year. So yeah. Yes, yeah. One of the big news stories of last year. I feel like have you already... tried Framed? That's if you're oh, into no. movies, and then there's Hurdle. another one called Hurdle if uh, for music. But oh, yeah. the I'm also in the sneakers app. Yeah, all the day trying to all, yeah. all day trying to get hype shoes. That's it. Have you played with the sneakers app? It's pretty fun. S N K R S, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've definitely landed in your your right home, haven't you? Should I say things like hot topic and uh, it's not shopping? We I'm should usually say yeah, yeah. No, but that's because of course you could talk about hot we topic. Actually, we actually put in the rules. Would be delighted. So. We actually put in the rules uh, no pock apps. So uh, yeah, that's no, that's oh, good. Funny. But no, thank you very much, Jenna. It's been really enlightening. We started off talking about app purpose, and we got very, very deep on the subject of uh, vendor retail partnerships. So yeah. really, really appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Look out uh, for more episodes. So we'll be giving more app insights. But on that note, have a fantastic NRF. Thank you you very much. And I hope you reunite with all your friends. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. See you on the dance floor. Yeah.